For a very significant time, Europe was sustained. Um, civilization was strengthened by the existence of some huge monasteries that dot the whole continent, from the west coast of Ireland right over to the east coast of Europe. Some magnificent monasteries existed there. There was one monastery which was the shining light of monasteries. And uh, a young monk was a rising star. And the abbot called him and said, I need to send you to a monastery that uh, is in decline. And I need you to do your best to rescue it. So the young monk got on his feet and walked and walked and walked. And eventually, you know, monasteries in those days were places of hospitality. When you ended, finished walking towards there, there was a room outside the monastery and the abbot would bring water and wash your feet and soothe them after walking difficult ways and then feed you and then bring you into the monastery. So when he walked like this, he got to the monastery and the place was decrepit. There was nobody there to welcome him. The place was a shambles. It was untidy, overgrown, and there wasn't much going on in, in any way. So the, because of that, he was very, very disappointed. Then he went into the monastery. Nobody said welcome, even though they knew he was coming. It was very cold. It was very mean. And uh, when they went in to pray, they didn't pray well together. It was just the whole thing was a disaster. So he stayed there for a couple of weeks and tried to get things going and nothing happened. Eventually, an old monk told him to go to a very, uh, to the top of a mountain. And he said, there's a hermit, a holy man living there. Go and get advice from him. So he went there and he stayed for 10 days with the hermit. And he was so kind to him. He fed him, he cared for him, did so many beautiful things for him. And then shortly before he left, the hermit called him aside and gave him one piece of advice. So he took that advice and then he journeyed back to the monastery once again. And when he journeyed back to the monastery, he assembled all of the monks together. And they were all sitting down waiting, what is the magic bullet that he's going to give to us? What is the thing that's going to make all the difference? And he said to them very simply, the holy man on the mountain told me to give you one message. And the message is this, the Messiah is living among you. The Messiah is living among you. So they reflected on this and took notice of it. And as they began to sing and pray together, they realized that perhaps the Messiah is one on my right or the one on my left. And the whole monastery was transformed because they knew that the Messiah is living among them. And they cleaned up the monastery, they got their act together, and because it became a place of prayer and joy, eventually they, um, they started to get new monks to come in as well. So if I was to give you one message, and especially from the gospel, 
The one message, the magic bullet I'm going to give you is, guess what it is? The Messiah is among you. And that is what Jesus is saying. Insofar as you did it to one of these, you did it to me. So if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, there can be zero indifference to other people in our lives. Zero, irrespective of who they are. Whether they are a stranger you have never met before, no matter where they come from, no matter who or what they are, you can never be indifferent towards another person. The gospel of today is one of judging at the end of times. And what is remarkable about it is this, that it doesn't mention the Ten Commandments. It doesn't mention the Beatitudes. So, in themselves, the Ten Commandments and the Beatitude are treasures of our faith. They are beautiful reflections given to us by God about how we should live our lives. But that's not how we're going to be judged by Jesus at the end of time. And it is important that we remember that we are going to be judged. We all say, oh yeah, Jesus is love. But love has demands as well. So at the end of our life, we are going to be judged, each and every one of us. And what are we going to be judged on? It is something very simple. If you saw somebody hungry, did you do something to give them food? When you saw somebody who was thirsty, maybe perhaps not only for water, but maybe for some encouragement or some love, did you do that? When I was a stranger, did you reach out to a stranger that you've met in your life and make them less of a stranger to you and to other people as well? When somebody was naked who had no clothes, when somebody was homeless, did you pass by or did you give them something that would keep them warm for the night or help out in some way? When I was sick, when I was in prison, did you do something about it? So the challenge of all of this is quite remarkable to all of us. It means we can't ever be indifferent to any of the least of these that we meet in our lives. We can never be indifferent to the suffering of other people in our lives. What is remarkable about um, Scripture is this, that in Scripture, every tenth line in the New Testament is a direct challenge to the Christian to reach out to those who are physically poor. In all of the New Testament, it is mentioned every ten lines. It gets even better. In Luke's Gospel, it is in every sixth line. In the Epistle of James, it is every fourth line. So, the Feast of Christ the King in the Kingdom of God is one which ultimately wants us to deal with something that is very simple to deal with. It is very simple for us to give somebody who is hungry food, to give somebody who is naked clothing, and the list goes down to line to help people um, be well in many different ways. It is something that is very doable, and that is what Jesus is calling us to do. Every one of us will be held accountable for the good 
we fail to do. So you can't just be passive. You can't be indifferent. Every one of us will be held accountable for the good that we fail to do. And the final line is a beautiful line from the teaching of the church that you cannot claim to be a disciple of Christ if you're not actively, if you're not engaged in action that will deal with the poverty that people live with in their lives.